It's really important to keep in mind that the banking system, the financial system in our country and in our state is very safe. People's money is protected. Over the last several weeks, news cycles have been devoted to coverage of the recent banking crisis and collapse of prominent financial institutions. Understandably, this has left many Utahns feeling nervous about what economic uncertainties are in store. Here to discuss the current state of our financial markets and what it means for Utah's economy is Vice Chair of the Executive Appropriations Committee, Representative Robert Spenlove. Representative, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's good to be with you, Edward. So, Representative, real briefly, I'm sure everybody has heard to some extent about some of the recent bank failures, specifically with Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank. Without getting too into the weeds, what has happened to the banking sector over the last month and how did we get to this point? Well, essentially what we saw is just the classic bank run. Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank were very specialized banks and they made some risky investments and their customers started to leave. And that's what we call a bank run where everyone started to leave. They started to leave at the same time and the Fed had to step in and take over those banks. And so what does that mean going forward specifically for Utah? We're home to over 50 banking institutions valued at over $800 billion dollars national, regional, community, and industrial banks. What does this mean for the current state of the banking sector here in Utah specifically? Does this have broader ramifications to us? It's really important to keep in mind that the banking system, the financial system in our country and in our state is very safe. People's money is protected. People can have confidence that our local banks, our regional banks, and the national banks are safe. This was a very specific situation and the Fed did their job. They stepped in, they provided that insurance, they provided that financial support and made sure that everyone was made whole. Now, a lot of people obviously are drawing comparisons to the 08 financial crisis. Is that an apt comparison? Are there some things that are similar to the previous financial crisis and what might be different this go around? Yeah. So there are some similarities where people lost confidence in their financial institutions. And we saw bank runs, we saw bank failures in 2008 and 2009. And then we're seeing that again, it's been so recently that we still don't fully understand exactly what happened. But what we think is different is in 08 and 09, there was problems with credit quality. So banks were lending money to people or institutions or businesses that couldn't justify their credit. This time, the risk is in interest rates. It's tied to the way that Silicon Valley Bank specifically was reinvesting their money. So it's an area that you think is safe, but the way they did it turned out not to be safe. And so what does this mean for the broader banking sector, specifically here in Utah, that we do have a significant financial industry here in the state Does this have broader ramifications to any of those banks? Again, we're so early in the process that we're still trying to figure it all out. The Federal Reserve is in the process right now of studying what happened. They're going to be dissecting exactly what happened to Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and trying to really understand. By the Fed stepping in, they ensured a higher level of safety and security. But because of that, there's probably going to be lower freedom 
So there's going to be more regulation. That will probably impact the availability of credit. We're going to see credit tightening. We're also going to see bank profitability will probably go down. And when that happens, it gets more difficult to get a loan or to get financing for projects. And so it will have a, we call it a disinflationary impact. It'll lower the overall economy. But the benefit is it will kind of bring down this inflation that we're having problems with right now. Now You just started to touch on this, of how this specifically impacts the everyday Utah. Most Utahns do not bank with Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank. But we want to know how exactly do these recent failures and will these recent failures impact the everyday Utah? You talk about the credit tightening. What specifically does that have ramifications for the everyday citizen? Does that affect their credit cards or their loans? What exactly does that look like? Yeah, so with the credit tightening specific, I'll just give you one example. Banks will probably, again, it's too soon to tell for sure, but banks will probably have to require higher credit score in order to get the same interest rate on a loan. So they're going to be more strict in who they're willing to lend to with a business. They're going to be more reluctant to lend to a startup, or they're going to be more reluctant to lend to a business that doesn't have solid financials. You know, the kind of things that Silicon Valley Bank specialized in now because of this credit tightening, the availability of capital will be more difficult to get. Now, Utah also has a significant tech sector. Those who might be listening, very familiar with the Silicon Slopes right around the point of the mountain area in which we have hundreds of tech companies that, as it turns out, banked with Silicon Valley Bank. Now, can you talk about what does the collapse of Silicon Valley banks mean for these Utah companies? Well, the direct impact is now they all need to move their money to a new bank because Silicon Valley Bank no longer exists. And then there will be that impact of the credit tightening. This is the struggle. The reason a lot of tech companies liked Silicon Valley Bank is they were willing to do what other banks were not willing to do. They were willing to allow non-traditional lending practices, nothing that was illegal or unethical, but they were willing to lend to companies that were a little riskier. And so now you're going to see as this money moves to more traditional banks, that those banks may be more reluctant to give capital to those tech companies. Now, had the feds not intervened in backstopping a lot of these bank failures from Signature Bank and from Silicon Valley Bank, the state of Utah was ready to step in. Can you talk a little bit about what that might have looked like and kind of our financial position as a state to be able to do what the feds ended up inevitably doing? This is why it is so great to live in Utah. Utah is so unique where Silicon Valley Bank fell apart on essentially a Thursday and Friday. We didn't know how the Federal Reserve was going to react. The vast majority of the deposits in Silicon Valley Bank were over the $250,000 typical insurance limit for FDIC insured deposits. And when Silicon Valley Bank fell apart, there was a very real risk of these tech firms not being able to make payroll. And so over the weekend, the governor, the speaker, the president, Scott Anderson at Zions Bank, and several other key people stepped in and developed what would have been a backstop. Essentially, what it would have been is Zions Bank would have provided a bridge loan to these tech companies, kind of like the PPP program in COVID. 
and provide this bridge loan to carry them through so they would continue to operate. And the state would provide kind of the backstop funding for Zions Bank. So it really was this amazing design. But what is truly phenomenal to me is that you saw Utah leaders step in that quickly over the weekend and have this in place and ready to go on Monday morning. Now, on Sunday night, the Federal Reserve stepped in and said, we will cover all those deposits. So it turned out that we didn't need this program in Utah, but it really is amazing that we were able to step up that quickly. Now, just being in the financial position as a state to be able to develop something like that seems remarkable in its own right. Are you aware of any other states that had similar plans to this that were in a position to even be able to offer that for their economies? I haven't heard of any other states doing that that quickly. That's not to say it didn't happen, but I think it's pretty rare to have that kind of response that quickly. Now, one of the key differences between this collapse over the last month or so versus the collapse in 08 and 09 is the speed at which it happened. Can you talk a little bit about what that looked like this go around in comparison to previous bank failures? Yeah, that's what's so interesting about this time. So we call this contagion. And this is why the Fed has to step in so quickly. The entire reason the FDIC and the Federal Reserve exist is because of contagion. If you think back to the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, the movie is about a bank president. George Bailey runs a bank and his customers get spooked and they do a run on a bank. And a hundred years ago, In It's a Wonderful Life, the way you got your money out of the bank was you literally walked to the bank, knocked on the door, went inside, and took your dollars out. And if you remember, George Bailey is, you know, divvying out his $2,000 to everyone when they want cash. The difference this time is that bank run happened literally overnight, and it happened almost entirely remote. I heard this amazing story of a bunch of tech CEOs were on a skiing trip in Big Sky, Montana, and they all started talking and they all started moving their money, withdrawing their money from Silicon Valley Bank on their phones, on a bus at a ski resort. That's the nature and how things have changed in the banking system and in our society. And that bank run was essentially started by a post on Twitter. This is so unique that we just don't even fully understand the implications of how this happened. And it does change the nature of banking in our world. Obviously, a lot of unease with members of the public right now, but is there anything that they need to know going forward? You know, I think Jerome Powell said it really well. He recently spoke about this. And what's really interesting is when the Fed met recently, they announced that they were going to raise interest rates again. And there were a lot of debates on Wall Street and in different circles saying the Fed should hold off on raising rates or they should cut rates in order to promote economic growth. And Jerome Powell said it really well. He said, you know, we've got monetary policy and the purpose of monetary policy is speed up or slow down the economy. But then we also have the tool of maintaining financial stability. And that is a different tool and they shouldn't be mixed. And he said the banking sector is fundamentally strong. And if we see any areas that we need to address, we have those tools to address it. But I felt very good about the Fed statement and their confidence in our system. And I think, yes, we are in a time of greater risk and greater uncertainty, 
but our fundamentals are still strong. Well, we're certainly excited to see what the future holds, both in terms of the banking sector as well as the economy. And we'll be sure to have you on back at some point to discuss some of these future actions as things continue to unfold. I'm happy to come back anytime. Representative, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thanks, Edward.